Thank you, baby. Seated. The ladies' trio has our special this morning.
Jesus sought me when a stranger wandering from the fold of God he to rescue me from danger interposed his precious blood oh to grace how great a debtor daily I'm constrained to be let thy goodness like a fetter bind my wandering heart to thee prone to wonder Lord I feel it prone to leave the God I love here's my heart oh take and seal it seal it for courts above. I was lost in utter darkness till you came and rescued me. I was bound by all my sin when your love came and set me free. Now my soul can sing a new song. Now my heart has found a home. Now your grace is always with me. And I'll never be chapter 1 this morning. Wasn't that wonderful? 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I've got to say what a great, great spirit that's in this place today. I'm glad the Lord is here. I'm glad that He is among us today. And I'll tell you what, uh, what sets us apart from every other organization and group in the world is that we're filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And if the Spirit of God was not here, then we'd be like anything else. And uh, we might as well go to the house. Uh, but God is here. God is in this place. And I am thankful for this choir and these people allowing them, allowing the Lord to use them in a mighty way today. I do want to say this. If you wasn't here last week, Brother Trey gave us his burden to go start a church in Sterlington, Louisiana. And I urge you, I encourage you to pray for him. Pray for that burden that God would start a church in Sterlington, Louisiana. Pray for our church as God moves upon us and leads us. Pray that God's will be done. We say, preacher, what do we need to do? Right now we need to pray. Pray, 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 pray. 
This is a big step, but God's got this. Amen? God's got this. We need the Lord's help. Brother Trey needs the Lord's help, so y'all pray for him. And pray for our church that God would lead us accordingly. If you would, stand with me for the reading of God's Word. People say all the time, Preacher, that's the standing this up church I've ever been to. But I tell you, we got something to stand up for. Amen? we got a reason to stand today. If anything worth standing up for, it's the Word of God. 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 10. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, and he says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, that but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are in the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I of Apollos, and I of Cephas, and I of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were ye baptized in the name of Paul? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the reading of your word today. Open our hearts to it. Lord, I pray that our hearts would be soft and pliable to this message and to your word. May we apply it accordingly. Lord, I pray that souls will be saved today. I pray for unity among your people today, Lord. We love you. We thank you for your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to speak to you this morning on this subject. God's desire for us. And we can throw this message out there to everybody else, but I want us to take this message and I want us to apply it to us. And I want to put it this way, God's desire for Promised Land Missionary Baptist Church. I want to preach this message to you as an individual. I want to preach this message to you as a Christian. But as Christians, we have the responsibility as believers to assemble ourselves with other believers. And when we assemble ourselves with other believers, that means that's the church. That is the makeup of the church. And so when I speak of the church, I don't speak of individual believers, but I speak of us as a body. Because that's what God desires for us to be, is the body of Christ. A working, active system that is going forth for the honor and glory of God. And may I say, while you are great individually, while God can use you in a great way by yourself, God never desired for you to be saved and for you to sit on an island by yourself and to go to work by yourself and not have any help. I'm glad that when God sent them out, He sent them out two by two. I'm glad that everywhere in His kingdom are many believers together working to carry out what God has called us to do. I'm glad today that I don't have to do this by myself. I'm thankful for my brothers and sisters in Christ that are right beside me. Yes, I've got the Holy Spirit. Yes, I've got Jesus. But I praise God for you today. I praise God for my brothers and sisters in Christ. But if we are going to have what God wants us to have, there needs to be unity. There needs to be unity. And I believe if we begin to talk about God's desire for us, we could sum it up in one word. And that word for us is unity. 
That word unity is the state of being united or joined as a whole. You say, preacher, we're all saved. What's the problem? Sure, we're all unified. Friend, we have an enemy and his name's the devil. And his desire is to come among us and divide us and separate us. He does not want unity in our church. He does not want unity in our homes. He does not want unity in our lives. When Christ is a Christ of unity, the devil is the devil of division. He wants to divide. And that's why we have to preach sermons like this. That's why we have to continue to strive for this unity because the devil is continually working to divide us. Isn't it amazing the little bitty nitpicking things the devil brings in our life to divide us? As God's people, let me tell you something. There should be no more love in any other place than right here. Man, I'm telling you, if you've got a friend, you ought to find it right here. If there's anybody that supports you, you ought to find it right here. But why do we struggle finding that sometimes? Is because the devil is here to divide. He is here to divide. Understand God's desire. Think about this Scripture out of 1 Peter. Finally, be ye all of one mind. He wants us as His people to be of one mind. How do we do this? How do we get along? Notice what he said. Having compassion one one for another, love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. You know, as God's people, we've got to have compassion for one another. We've got to love one another. We've got to be pitiful to one another. We've got to be courteous of one another. You know what that means? I've got to be nice. I've got to be nice. I've got to be sweet i got to love regardless if you're worthy of my love or not. I've got to carry myself in a manner that when you are hurting, that when I see that need, that I hurt for you and I hurt with you. I'm telling you, if there's going to be unity among God's people, there must be compassion. There must be love. There must be uh, the courteousness of among us. We ought to be nice to one another. Let me tell you something. You ought not go to church and have people be ugly to you. You ought not go to church and have arguments among God's people when it gets to the place that we're going to cause division and we're going to go somewhere else. That's pitiful. That's not what God wants us to do. You say, well, well preacher, I just disagree. The Bible tells you to forgive. And the Bible says if you have a problem with your brother, you're to go to them and ask for forgiveness. Do you realize today it is unbiblical to leave a church because you're mad? It's unbiblical. It's not in the Scripture. The Bible says you got a problem, you go to your brother and you forgive him. That's the Bible. That's the Word of God. And that's what we must cling to in order for there to be unity among us. I want you to look in our text today. And I want you to notice God's desire for us. Number one, that there be no divisions among us. God does not want division in His church. May I tell you, and may we apply it this way, God does not want division in your home. Aren't you thankful men, women, mom and dads, when there's unity in the home? There is nothing worse when your home's divided. And the only thing worse than that is when the church of God's divided. And God does not want His people divided. Notice what He said in verse 10. 
He said that there be no divisions among you. The Apostle Paul is writing on the inspiration of God. And he has this desire, God has this desire, that there be no divisions among us. That nothing would enter in to divide or split or cause there to be bad fellowship here. He does not want there to be any division. Notice verse 11. For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. The house of Chloe was a, was a separate body meeting, and that was serving the Lord. This was a local New Testament church. And they told Paul, said, listen, there's problems going on down there at the church of Corinth. Isn't it amazing when there's problems going on, the whole community knows? Isn't it amazing when there's divisions in God's house among God's people, the whole county knows? Isn't it amazing they don't ever hear when souls get saved? They don't ever hear about the good things, but it's the bad things. And that's what the world hears and that's what they're waiting to hear. That's what they want to hear because they want an excuse not to go there. And the other churches heard about the contention that was going on at the church of Corinth. And this church was divided. It was divided. They knew it. Other churches knew it. The community knew it. Let me tell you something. They didn't fool the community. They didn't fool the Lord. They didn't fool the other churches. They knew there was contentions there. They knew there was divisions there. Notice what it said in verse 13. In verse 12, may I say we're not fooling anybody either. Amen. We don't fool people either. Notice verse 12. Now this I say that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I am of Paulus, and I am of Cephas, and I of Christ. Paul is saying that this church was split four ways. This church was divided four ways. Well, I'm of this one. I'm of this one. I'm of this one. I'm of that one. And everybody had their own opinion, and everybody had their own way, and they say, I belong to this one, and then this group belonged to this one, and that one, and that one. There was four cliques in the church. And these cliques had their desires, they had their motives, they had their agendas, and they divided the church because of four different cliques in the church. That's what happened. But notice the question that Paul asked. Notice verse 13. Is Christ divided? Who is the head of our church? Christ. Not Josh Llewellyn. Christ. Not the deacons. Christ. He is the head. He is the CEO. And we must be like our CEO. Christ is not divided. He asks the question, is Christ divided? And the answer is no. There is no division in Christ. And if we are the church of Christ, there should be no division in us. No division in us. If there's unity in Christ, there should be unity in our homes. There should be unity in our churches. There should be unity in our life. I want you to hold your place there and look in 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. And I know what we do when preachers preach sermons like this. Preachers, there's something going on we don't know about. No, not that I know of. But you know, as a preacher, I'm the last one to know what's going on around here. But I know constantly the devil is doing everything he can to divide us. And it's important as God's people that we remember that God desires that there would be no division among us. Notice here in verse 7, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 7, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. Notice this. 
And these three are one. Notice verse 8. And there are three that bear witness on earth. The Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. There may be division on all the earth. But if there is unity in any place, it will be in heaven. And there's one thing that you can guarantee. While we may disagree on everything on this earth, I'm telling you, in America, we can't get along for nothing. We don't even know what bathroom to go to anymore. Amen? We fight over what bathroom to go to. But let me tell you something. As divided as we might be, there is unity in heaven. And as, and even at times when we're going against one another and we're out for one another, understand there is unity in heaven. There is unity at the throne of God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they're three in one. And while there may be division among us, there's unity in heaven. There is unity in glory land. And I'm glad when we get to glory land that we will have all of eternity of that unity there with God the Father, God the Son, and God God the Holy Spirit. They are three in one. They can't disagree. They can't work outside of one another. The Bible says that Jesus is the Word of God. So the Word of God and the Holy Spirit of God will always work together. God the Father will always work with those two. They're always in unison. Man, I'm telling you, there's unity among the Trinity today. There is unity in Christ. He's our CEO. He's our head. If there's unity in Him, there must be unity in us. If there is unity in the throne room of heaven, there must be a desire among God's people for there to be unity. Am I the only one that hates confusion? Man, I'll tell you, you want to get your blood pressure up, turn it to Jerry Springer. <laughs> confusion. These reality shows. Man, everything you look at reality, it's confusion and division. That's not what God desires among His people. He desires for there to be unity. And friend, there must be unity among us. We must get the division out. Notice what division causes. It causes confusion. God is not the author of confusion. Division is. The devil is. Division creates discouragement. When things are divided, the people of God get discouraged. And let me tell you what, division promotes opposition. If there's a little bit of division come in here, we think, well, Brother Bruce is my enemy. Brother Bruce is not my enemy. Your enemy's not sitting here today. And I've heard it and I've felt it and I've done that way. Well, old brother so-and-so just don't like me and he's my enemy. Your enemy is not sitting here. The enemy's the devil. And the devil wants us to rise up against one another. And I said this the other day, but I'm telling you, the time for God's people to get along is right now. And man, we go to these meetings. We went to a meeting this week and it's just opposition. And I thought, my goodness, we get this in the world. We don't need this with us. If we can't get along with us, something's wrong. If God's people can't come together and unite together and get the division out, something is wrong. Notice back in our text in verse 10. If you're still awake, say Amen. Alright, that's a lot of people still awake. Notice verse 10. Back in our text. He said that there be no division among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together. 
The number one desires that there be no division among us. Number two, that we would be perfectly joined together. God's desire for us is to be in unison. This phrase, joined together, is a medical term that describes the unity of the human body knit together. And so when the Apostle Paul is saying this in the Greek, he simply is using this as a medical term referring to a human body. He is speaking of the body of Christ that should be like a human body. Now go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And he is fixing to explain what he was talking about here in verse 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This is God's desire for us. When you got saved, you did not become a church. You became a believer. And as a believer, you have a responsibility to join yourself with other believers. And that makes up the church, the body of Christ. Notice in verse 12. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized in one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink unto one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. Isn't that beautiful? Notice this. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not of the eye, I'm not of the body, it is therefore not of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in in the body, as it hath pleased Him. I love that. He has placed them where it pleases Him. Not us, where it pleases Him. Notice what He said in verse 19. And if they were all one member, where was the body? But now they are many members, but yet one body. The eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet. I have no need of you. May I tell you, we need one another. We don't need to tell anybody we don't need you because we do need them. We need everybody. In verse 22, Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together. This is where He puts us together. Having given more abundant honor to that part which lacks that there should be no schism in the body, that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. That's God's desire for us. We see the unity that God desires among His people. May I tell you, there is nothing more beautiful in the world than the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. May I tell you, there's never a more perfect structure in the world. You want to see a good structure? You want to see a powerful movement? You want to see people working together? When God's people does it God's way, I'm telling you, it's the best in the world. 
There is no company. There's no CEO. The IBM, CenturyLink, all of these companies, they can't get it together as good as God can. I'm telling you, when God's people come together and they unite together and they realize that we all have our place and we all have our part, your part may be different than my part, but your part is just as important as my part. And everybody's part matters. And everybody has a place. And we come together working as one. Becoming what Christ wants us to be. May I tell you where we're more dangerous in this world is when we as the church put our divisions beside us and we come together as one, becoming the church that God wants us to be. We cannot be the church God wants us to be with division among us. There must be unity. There must be unity. The devil slips in the door. The devil slips in our minds. He slips in our hearts. Oh, look at old so-and-so over there. Look, look at them. I'm telling you, the devil's a liar. He's a loser too. Amen. And he's also limited. Amen. And man, he comes in here and he tries to divide us. Jesus wants us to be as one. One. Working together. Can I tell you this? We can't work together if we're not here. Man, I'm telling you. I don't want anything amputated. Amen? I want all my body parts. Because it's it's better when you have every part there working together. I'm telling you, the church is dangerous to this world when the church takes commitment and they realize their place. Let me tell you something. God has called me to get behind this pulpit and preach the Word. He may have called you to a classroom to teach the Word. He may have called you to scrub the toilet. He may have called you to go knock every door in Hamburg, Arkansas. He may have called you to teach an Awana class. I don't know what He's called you to, but He's called you to something. And He's called you to do more than sit on the pew, I know. Amen? And we are to get together, to get in our place, and serve Him together. Man, I'm telling you, great things take place when God's people come together. Boy, isn't it precious? Isn't it awesome when God's people come together? Now go back to our text, 1 Corinthians 1. Notice what he said. That ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Number three, that we would be of the same mind. Jesus wants us to be of the same mind and of the same judgment. Now I want us to think about something, because I don't make sense. Because we got people in this church that, man, they're so tight they squeak when they walk. <laughs> they don't want to spend money for nothing. We got people in this church don't want to spend a dime. We got people in this church that would spend it all in one day if they could. That's different minds, isn't it? That's different thoughts. We got some people, man, I'm telling you, that are on each end of the spectrum. There are some people that preacher, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. And there are some people, preacher, let's hold on and let's pray about this. Because as you go through here, if you've ever been to a Baptist business meeting, you know it's hard to be of the same mind. This does not mean we're going to have different opinions. This does not mean that we're going to be of different ideas. Because I've learned this, and when I was in Texas, man, I had a group of deacons. Uh, man, I'm blessed here, I'm just going to be honest with you. But man, in Texas, I had a group of deacons, and one group was this way, and another group was that way. And this is what I found, because I kept begging God, God, why? Why? I've got one group won't do nothing, another group won't slow down. 
But I've learned that when we come together as His people, we come together and make the medium that God wants us to have. And may I say it like this, that when you're of the same mind, it doesn't matter what opinion you have, you're willing to put that opinion to the side to fulfill the mind that Christ has put within us. And I'm just going to use this for an example. And, you know, this is how we are. And I'm just going to say me. I don't like spending money. I don't want to spend a dime. And then you got Brother Allen over there. He won't spend it all. I'm just saying. I'm not saying for real. Just an illustration. What in the world? God's going to use me to slow him down. And God's going to use him to pick me up and get me going. There's some people in here that when worship goes on, you don't say a word. Man, you sit there in your little spot and that's good. Hey, some people in here shout. We need that. We need some vocal people willing to praise God. We need that. I'm telling you, we work together for one to lift up and honor and glorify the Lord. And it's alright if you're a little different. It's okay if you're not of, of what the promised land clan is supposed to look like. It's okay to be outside the box. If you don't come in, you don't look like our little cookie cutter missionary Baptist way. It's okay. It's okay, church. It's all right if we do something outside the box or somebody comes in and they're outside our comfort zone. It's okay. It's okay. Here it is. It's all right to have different opinions. It's all right to be on different, different fields, but we must be of the same mind. We must be of the same judgment because all of these different opinions, they work together to get the will of God done. And while some is slowing others down and saying, whoa, let's pray, the other saying, come on, let's go. Let's go serve the Lord. Matthew 28, we're done. Matthew 28. You say, preacher, what's the mind? What should our mind be on? And I'm telling you, there's been enough splits and divisions on junk that does not matter. May I tell you, if you're going to be of one mind, that means you're going to let the little things go. And I'm telling you, if you leave church because of the paint color, you're wrong. That's silly and that's goofy. Amen? Well, I don't like the flooring. Who cares? We're not here about the flooring. We're not here about the color lights we have. We're not here about what this looks like. Man, I'm telling you, we can have different opinions, but we got to get of the same mind. And we got to get of the same mission. May I tell you that our calling is far beyond the physical things. And if you let a physical thing get in the way, you're wrong for it. I'm not trying to be ugly, but I'm trying to tell you the truth. God's people have got to quit sweating the little things. And we got to get of the same mind. What's the mind, preacher? Jesus told us. Verse 18, Matthew 28. Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Here it is. Go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even unto the ends of the world. Isn't that beautiful? That's our mission, church. That's what our mind needs to get set on. It doesn't matter what color the walls is, but it matters that people are hearing the Gospel of Jesus. It doesn't matter what color carpet we put in, but it does matter that we are going out and teaching the truth of God's Word. 
May I tell you the most important thing in Promised Land Missionary Baptist Church is not our ministries and our programs. It's not all that little stuff. It's the big thing. And the big thing here is that we stand firm and declare that Jesus is Lord and Savior and He is Lord of all and all and all. Man, put all the games and the food, throw it in the trash. If you still got Jesus, you got all you need. In promised land, we can throw all that junk to the side and as long as we're of the same mind that Jesus is number one, we're going to make it. We're going to do what God wants us to do. Hey, this ain't about being the biggest church in Ashley County. That better not be your motive. We don't need to have the motive. Well, I'm going to be the best teacher or I'm going to have the biggest class. Our motive needs to be one thing. Exalting the precious Name of Jesus. Well, preacher, if we do this, what are people going to think about us? That's not our concern. Our job and our duty is to exalt Him and lift Him up together. And I can do that by myself. And you can do that by yourself. But may I tell you, the power comes when we get together and we do it together. Have you ever came and sat in a service this church, any church, and there was division in that church. It's horrible. I got one agreed with me. It's horrible. God does not want that. And we may have a few disagreements and we may get to the place that we don't agree on things, but church, let's stay of one mind. Let's keep our focus on what's important. And may I tell you today that we need to get our minds on getting the Gospel out. Being missionaries, going out, carrying out the Word of God. It's not good enough to just send Brother Trey out. We've got to be missionaries. We've got to take the Word of God out. And we've got to do it together. Nowhere did Jesus send a man by Himself. But He sent him out two by two. We need one another. May I tell you that the church is at its greatest point when the body's working together and their souls need to be saved. Coach Causey, you see it in the school. Miss Causey, y'all see it in the school. We got school teachers. Our community needs Jesus. And the devil just says, man, if I can just bring some opposition among them, if I can just bring up and get in one of their crawls about the color of the wall. Churches have shut the doors for sillier things. But promised land, we're going to keep on going. We're going to keep on going. And we're going to keep on going together. I have prayed for two months about this Turlington thing. And I don't know what to do. But I know this. We're going to keep it the same mind. And whatever we do, we're going to do it together. Amen. We're going to be together. And I think about this building coming up, and man, you know, it's summertime, the attendance is down, things this, what what do we do? I don't know. But whatever we do, we're going to do it together. We're going to stay in one accord. Because I'm telling you, there's power when God's people stick together. When we look past the little things, and we say, you know what, we're not going to let these little things divide us and separate us, but we're going to let these little things build us bigger and better. Let me tell you, don't let the little things break you. But let it make you today. Let's make these little things we have go on in our life. 
Let let us use these things to make us better Christians. God does not want us divided today. I don't want my home divided. Amen? Man, it's horrible when me and Lacey are on two different pages. Y'all know what I mean. We need unity. And God desires it today. So where do we look to, preacher? We look to Jesus. From the hills comes our help. Our help comes from above. And when I look above, I see a heavenly Father and a heavenly Son and a heavenly Spirit. That's in all, all in one accord. And that's how they desire for us today. I'm going to ask you to stand. These altars are open. Would you come and would you pray?